brings us away from that. And, uh, and not everybody, every, listen, I, I just had lunch with a guy that I've worked with for years, and uh, he works for me once in a while, and he is of the uh, charismatic persuasion, and he always has a story of, of healing and always has a story of somebody being delivered by healing and this and that. And, and I said, yeah, amen, God is able, God is <laughs> able. We've had 25 years of, of combating over this issue, and, and he still likes to go at it. I think it was Mark Driscoll who just recently made a statement. If you don't know who he is, it's fine, it's okay, it's good. Uh, but if you ever look him up, he made this statement just recently about secessionism, 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 uh, stopping. You know, some of us are called uh, dispensational cessationalists, you know, not sensational, but the, we believe that some things ended, you know, as God has moved along uh, in the, in certain dispensations. And, and some people take, I mean, go really crazy with that as well and, they have about 34 dispensations, and they break everything up. They're called hyper-dispensationalists. And uh, I think that has some trouble problems with it in the Scripture, and they, they over-divide things up. But it's obvious, you know, that God has worked in different ways through different times for the same goal and the same purpose, which was, uh, was that all would come to a relationship with Himself. And as He was going on and, and moving throughout time from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, to the, to the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, all the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is born, and here we, uh, and he says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? So what is, John had the authority to baptize. When John died, Jesus now has the authority, and uh, he said, told his church, he, the command was to the church, not people. Do you know if the command to baptize was with people? Every time the, the heaven sent man to baptize like John died, you'd have to have a replacement. Jesus gave the, the command, the commission was given to his church. That's where the authority lies. And so, um, so, but we see all through this time God working in different ways. And, and Driscoll said this, he said, you know, if you believe in the cessation, you, what you believe is Satan still has working power and the Holy Spirit doesn't. What a weird place to go, Right? So what they are saying is because you don't see miracles, you believe, because you don't believe the Holy Spirit works in the same way as he did at the day of Pentecost and with the, the apostles and the disciples and the early church that didn't have the complete word of God like we have today. Today, remember what Peter said coming off the Mount of Transfiguration? He saw Jesus transfigured. He saw Moses. He saw Elijah. And he went on to write, we have a more sure word of prophecy, right? We have the written word of God. Amen. It's true, we do. And, uh, and so what, he's say, what these people are saying is because you don't believe that some of the way that the Holy Spirit of God worked in those early days is the way He works today. And let me say this, he, God still heals, friend, and God still delivers. But listen, He doesn't need some shuckster, some, heist, some, some guy to come along, whatever they're called, shyster and huckster to come along and lay hands on you and breathe on you and spit on you and do something and have some anointing to, 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 to get, you know, to rub the genie in the bottle to get what you want. That's not what he does, right? God is full capable. I, I, let me tell you, we've, we've experienced the healing, the physical healing of God in our family. We've experienced the, 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 uh, the, the deliverance of God in our family. I mean, and you have as well. And, but his, his statement that 
to, you know, essentially if you reject this modern charismatic movement, you're saying the Holy Spirit of God doesn't work today. That's ridiculous. That was a long way around to say that's stupid. That's really dumb. Because what greater miracle is there than the regeneration of a dead spirit to be made alive again? Can any of us do that? No. <laughs> that's a miracle, friend. And then to change a heart and to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to, to, to do a work in us that we love one another, and that we hate evil, and we love good. I mean, all, I mean, we used to love evil, right? We used to love sin, right? No, you knew it was wrong, but there was no conviction. There was no, you know, dirtiness. There was nothing. It was just like, yeah, that's wrong, whatever. Yeah, we'll go on. Hope I don't get caught. <laughs> I'll do it again. Yeah. No, there's a change. It's a miracle working of God. And God has worked throughout different ways and in different times. And uh, we see here in our lesson, this freedom from bondage, God is still delivering today. It may look a little different than the way he put, brought, him out of the, brought him out of Egypt, but everybody gets saved in Egypt and everybody, listen, gets drawn out of Egypt as well. God does not leave us there. If we stay there, it's because we are... We are hard-headed against the Spirit of God trying to bring us out of that old life and bring us into a, a new and a better life. And we see this now. They're getting ready. Here we are. They're going over, getting ready to go over through the Red Sea. They're getting ready. They, we saw last week they came out of Egypt. They came down. They've come between that mountain pass. They have the Red Sea in front of them, the mountains on either side of them, the desert to the north of them, and the Egyptian army behind them. They're not getting out. They're not going anywhere. Right. And uh, we saw it last week that the, emotionally they went crazy. You know, they began to accuse Moses and said, you brought us out here to die. They're going to continue that that uh, that drivel for quite the next 40 years. Actually, you know, it was you. You brought us out here to die. You just brought us out here to do this. And uh, and the, we saw last week in the height of fear in the height of the emotion right in the middle of of the deliverance where it looks like what god told you isn't really what it's going to be in the middle of that listen to me don't go back to egypt that is the worst thing to do you're better off to die and you're not going to but you're better off to die in the front of the, in, in the middle in, you know looking at the red sea and have an egyptian army come and grabbing you than you are to go back into egypt and live peacefully I believe somebody, it was somebody who said, uh, you know, the, the problem is when, when people will exchange freedom for security. Because when you exchange freedom for security, you actually have neither. You, not, you have neither freedom nor security. And so here they are, they're leaving. God has delivered them. They're going out, right? And they came to the first thing of opposition, which was a Red Sea. God ordered this. Do you... <laughs> Do you not think the God of heaven knew the direction that he's going to send them? No, God's not sadistic, friend. He's not a crazy. He doesn't do things just to, to, you know, to, to see how we uh, you know, uh, react in such a way like we do that. right? If you had a younger sibling, you did that to them all the time. Right, backed him in a corner and watched him scream. It was exciting, right? Or told him to do something. My brother had all sorts of great ideas for me to do, and uh, and they weren't the bad. But he knew what I was getting into, and he did it anyway. And God isn't like that, aren't you glad? There's a purpose in everything he does. Whatever you're in in the middle of this morning, listen. Whatever's going on in your life, God has allowed it. God has allowed it. 
You say he's caused it. Listen, just because God knows and allows, you can't always uh, link causation to that, right? Don't don't put God in such a such a human box, right? His ways are above our ways. His, his ways are past finding out. And uh, but he's in complete and utter control. And in what he allows, he allows for a purpose. And what is the purpose? To make us like Christ. But no, really, Jesus Jesus went. You know. Uh, lowered himself and, and put aside his glory to come to planet earth. He put on human flesh. He was hungry. He was tired. He was maligned. He was beaten. Uh, I mean, he was crucified. So so uh, you think God himself in flesh is going to go through all that and we're just going to trot through life, right? Just... We, you know, we expect to have a have a life, a, a great life. You know that that song, uh, that one line: "Must I be carried through the skies in flowery beds of ease, while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas?" You know, what, what do we think? You know, God has a purpose in everybody. See, here's here's the deal: undergirding everything that we go to is the purpose and the love and the care of God to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ, right? And that's, that's the confidence that we have. He's bringing us out. He's bringing us out of our Egypt. Moses didn't know how God, he didn't know God's specific plan, right? He didn't, when he brought him to the edge of the Red Sea, he didn't know what God was going to do, but he knew God. Can I remind you, when you're traveling mile upon mile upon mile upon mile, getting somewhere where God has called you, Listen, when you're, when you're going after a neighbor, when you're going after a friend, when you're going to, you may not understand God's plan and how it's all going to come to an end, but you need to know Him. You need to know Him. And when you get confident in Him, listen, you don't need to know the plan. Come on. You don't need to. You know when you were a kid, when your parents said, uh, you know, we're going to do this or do that? I don't know. I, I might have. But not many kids go, well, how? I mean, at a certain age, I mean, I know, you've got teenage years, and they know everything, and they start out. But, I mean, when they're just like a child, right, they're not like, well, what's the plan, Dad? You know, give me the, point, give me the checklist of how we're going to do this. I mean, that doesn't usually come into the life of a small child, and it shouldn't come into our life with our Heavenly Father. Moses trusted God. He trusted Him, no matter who challenged Him, or no matter what happened we saw there's a dangerous position that they were in there's a doubting people when they got to that edge of the red sea they thought oh boy uh, this isn't good we're going to die here but thankfully god already had a divine provision he had a divine provision would you would you look now at exodus chapter 14 that was introduction sorry exodus 14 look at verse 15 and the Lord said unto Moses, <laughs> I like this, Wherefore criest thou unto me? What are you crying to me about? Right? He already told them to go forward, right? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. And here it is. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea and behold, and I, behold, I will harden the heart of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Yeah. God already had a plan. I don't know if it makes you hearken back and makes your mind go back. 
to the wonderful truth that Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. God, listen, before He spoke it all into existence, God had a plan. He had a plan. And watch, the plan was Himself. He knew man couldn't redeem himself. He knew man was going to fall. He knew there was nothing in it. You know, once we, we uh, sin came into this world, there's nothing that we could do to appease a holy, righteous God. So God said, I'll, I'll have to do it. It was planned ahead of time. <clears throat> now, some of you thinkers are saying, well, then why did God let Adam fall if he knew he was going to fall? There's some, listen, there's some theology out there, Reformed theology that believes, not all of them, not all Reformed theology, not all Calvinists believe this, but some believe what's called the predeterminate fall. They believe God ordained Adam to fall, right? Because they don't believe in free will. They believe we're just automatrons, wired, just like atheists believe, mind you. Atheists believe we're just wired automatrons that do what we're programmed to do like anything else. But listen, we know this. Love is the highest ethic there is. Love is the highest thing that there is to achieve. And the only way that love can can exist is if it has the ability to say no. Love has to have the right to say no. The object of your love, if you're going to love something, love is reciprocal. That's the desire anyway, right? Love is reciprocal. And uh, if something is going to love you back, it's got to have the right to say no. It's got to have a free will. What's the opposite of love? Lust. What does lust look like? Watch. Lust, the, the person who is lusting, the object of their lust, has no right... Right? To say no. They just take. They don't care what you they don't care whether you you know uh, want whatever it is, the person who is pursuing that object of lust, they don't care. They're they're just gonna do whatever it takes to get what they want. Right? That's not love. The opposite of, of love is lust. Right? So watch this. If you if you remove free will from man, and God just forces himself upon his creation, all you've done is made God some cosmic luster that just lusts after his creation. You have no right to say no. Right. You Again, friend, you remove free will, you remove love. So God created us, Adam, he created us with a free will. Why? So we could love back out of our own free will. That is the height of it. Listen, who wants to be loved because they're made to? How many of you had kids? Now you tell them you're sorry. Sorry. Now you tell them you love them. <laughs> tell them. <laughs> Say it. Love you. Come on now. You know what you want? You want somebody out of their own free will when you say I love you to, for them to say oh, I love you too. Nothing better than that, friend. Yeah. Adam had to have a free will. But God made a provision before he made a provision because he knew where it was going to go. He knew what was in. He knew what was going to happen if he gave man a free will. So he made the provision. Here God has made the provision here in Exodus. He says, Moses, put the rod out, right? And when you put the rod out, the sea is going to break. I love the specificity. Specificity. <laughs> Forgot the word. Here in in verse uh, in verse sixteen. God told them ahead of time, you're going to go through on dry ground. Do Do you not love the care and the concern of God for His creation? He knows that we're but dust. He knows our frame. 
He knows. I've told you this last week. God could have left Adam in the garden all night long without ever coming to him after he sinned and left him there to wonder what on earth is next. I mean, he already, they already recognized, I'm telling you, they recognized that that union they had with God was gone and it was broken. Their spirit had died. They understood, their eyes were open to see good and evil. And here they went and hid themselves, closed themselves, then hid themselves and waited for this death that God said was going to come. And he could have left them there all night. But God is much more kind and gentle than that. Yeah. I like this. He's really comforting Israel. You're going to go through on dry ground. Mud. How many have run through mud and it just really slows you down? <laughs> There's this job I used to have up at one of the racetracks at Lucas Oil Speedway uh, up in Wheatland. We, I'd always have to paint all the big crash walls all the way around, these concrete walls, and had all the logos on it and all this stuff. And in the springtime, the first race of the year was April, and it was, it was just that it was clay. Those tracks are clay. And when that stuff got wet, it was horrendous. Uh, Sherry has helped me. Others, I mean, they've been up there in that clay. I mean, you literally have 15 pounds of clay on your boots trying to walk down the track and kicking things off and trying to, it was just unbelievable, right? And getting weighted down. Listen, if that was the condition of the Red Sea, they were not getting through very fast. It was going to take about a month. Yeah. <laughs> God, God said not only was it the miracle, but, but God's provision and care for them, right? Dry ground. Dry ground they're coming to. And uh, Israel was going to see this. In a hopeless moment, in a hopeless moment, it was a miracle of God that they got to see. Listen to what F.B. Meyer says. Often God seems to place His children in positions of profound difficulty. Are you listening to this? This is true. You've lived in Christ long enough. You know this is a fact. God often seems to place His children in positions of profound difficulty. It is, plat- it is a platform for the display of His almighty grace and power. He wants you to see a little bit of Himself. And He's going to orchestrate some events in your life to where you're going to have to see Him. You're going to have to turn to Him. You're going to have to call on Him. You're going to have to rely upon Him. You're going to have to cry out unto Him. Right? That's where He wants you. So he can show himself. He says he will not only deliver you, but in doing so he will give you a lesson that you will never forget. And to which in many a psalm and song and after days you will revert. You will never be able to thank God enough for having done just as he has. Has God ever brought you to a place in your life? Where there was a Red Sea in front of you, there are mountains on either side of you. There is, there is the enemy behind you and there is no way to run. You ever been there? Been there in your finances? Yeah. You've been there in your spiritual condition? You've been there in your sin? Have you been there? Hey, have you been there? Has God brought you there? Has He allowed you to be there? You haven't, hey, did He deliver you? Did He deliver? You haven't forgot that day, have you? You haven't forgot it. I remember back in 2000, 1999 or 2000, 1999. We bought a uh, metal building, a shop building, my shop building, and had it for a couple of years. And, and I was coming to the place. I had a renter in there eventually. I had somebody renting it, and he never paid rent. But anyway, and I got to a place where he just uh, needed to sell it. I think I've told you this before. Needed to sell it, and it was coming to a real dire time. I had some other equipment payments due, and I mean, just 
it was a bad time financially, business-wise. It was just a bad time. And I remember a lawyer telling me, you know, to claim bankruptcy. I, we weren't bankrupt. There was no need in it. But, you know, they said, ah, just claim bankruptcy. I'm like, no, I'm, I won't do that. We, we, we were determined that was an ungodly thing to do. And he said, well, you're stupid. I mean, that's what this lawyer said. You're dumb. You know, the laws are out there for this stuff. I said, uh, and uh, you know what? God bless. We spent 10 years paying stuff off, paid off every vendor, you know, and God brought us much further than we ever could have been. It's just an amazing thing. But I'll tell you what, there was a time I needed to sell that building. I had to sell it. We had it listed. I had a guy come by and look at it, and and uh, and I had a deadline of some other uh, big chunk of money that was due from his, for some equipment. And... Uh, and so uh, this guy, oh, I, we had one guy look at it. This would have been in the year 2000, I believe it was, maybe 2001, somewhere around there, something like that, whenever the, yeah, that was. And so um, so anyway, time went on, and I remember getting to a place of just really being brought to the place, you have to cry out to God. I said, God, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do here. We've got to have this, you know. had a discussion with my brother about it, and... Uh, left that discussion just getting alone with God and said, you said, Lord, you said, you said, whatsoever things you desire, believe me, you shall see them recently. You shall have them. We're not asking things to heap upon our lust. We're not asking for things, you know, you know, we, 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 I, I could go ahead and admit there, there is a mistake, business mistakes made fine. I mean, that, that happens. Absolutely. But God, you're going to have to do something. I tell you what, in the middle of praying, God just gave peace. Absolute peace. I got up and I walked away, kind of laughed a little bit, chuckled. The peace of God comes over you, man. How was God, did I, did I know God's plan? No, I did not. But I was confident in Him. And I, just a joy and a peace came over me. I left, I went back to work, right? And a few days later, we're down in church, down in Cassville, looking out the window there. And uh, the Cassville's down in a hole. You've been to Cassville? Way down in a hole, down that holler down in there. And we could see the tops of storm clouds in Cassville up north. And I remember leaning to my wife going, hope we got a house when we got home. I mean, we were about eight miles south of Aurora at the time. And we got out of church and went to get some food with some friends and, and uh, got a call or somebody got the call. The tornado that went through Pierce City. An F5 tornado went through Pierce City. Went through Aurora, went through Marionville, went through, you know, we had a house. We still had a house. Friends of ours lost everything, and uh, an F5 wiped everything out through there. I got a call the next day. I was, I, was, I was a month from a payment. I got a call the next day. This fella called and said, hey, that, the guy that looked at it, he goes, I need your building. I was going to wait about six months, he said, but I need it. He had lost his buildings in the tornado, all of his equipment, all of his stuff. And uh, the day we signed the papers was the day I had a payment due and the day I made a payment. I'm telling you, friend, trust him. Trust him. Yeah. You don't need to know the plan. God will, br- watch, God will bring you to your Red Sea. He will bring him to you. You know what my brother said? Don't worry, after this, there'll be another one. <laughs> yeah. One of the last words my brother had on the phone was, hey, call me and let me know how God answers this. I said, I will. Called about just a few days later. He goes, wow, that was fast. Uh, it was. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't order this. Yeah. You don't need, listen, you don't need to know the plan. Trust him. Trust him. He's going to bring you more. 
He's going to do it again. Look at verses 19 through 20. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. All that night. I tell you what, in God's wisdom here, he moved the pillar of cloud that was in front of them. He moved it himself. He went behind them. So he created a wall so the Egyptians couldn't see. They couldn't see the the Israelites, and it kept them at bay that whole night, that whole time. And uh, they couldn't see what was going on. Look at verse 21. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, just like God said. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. And it came to pass on the morning watch that the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels, uh-oh, that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel. Listen what they said. For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Hey, they already had experience here. They already saw the ten plagues. They already began believing that this was the God of Israel, the Creator God, who was doing this. And they listened to their dumb Pharaoh again and it's going to get them all killed. And they said, this is the Lord. We're in trouble, right? And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, verse 27, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Wow. You know what the benefit of moving forward is? The benefit of moving forward is God, you know, sometimes we get enemies and we stand still with our enemies, whatever your enemy is today. The goal of moving forward is sometimes God is trying to get you to a place to get them to a place where he can destroy them. Right. You say, oh, I'm just overcome with this whatever it is. I'm just overcome with this enemy. I'm overcome with this vice. I'm overcome with this this problem. I'm overcome with this financial situation. I can't give. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you know what God says in all these situations? Well, keep, you know, you got a vice problem? Well, keep going to church. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. You got a money problem? Keep giving. Keep giving to God. Whatever the issue is, just continue to move forward because it may be, and I'm, I'm probably pretty certain what it is, is if you keep moving forward the enemy will stay behind you and will get to where the place where God wants to kill them but if you stayed put they'll never get there do you realize if Israel stayed on the other side of the Red Sea Egypt would have stayed there too (laughs) what a way to live huh on the other side of the cloud knowing they're there (laughs) right a righteous man falleth seven times and getteth up again The mark of a righteous man is not that he falls. The mark of a righteous man is that when he falls, he gets up again. Just go forward. Just go forward. 
So many have tried to downplay this whole, the events here that are going on. They've tried to downplay it. As it was Yom Suf. It wasn't, it was the Sea of Reeds. It wasn't the Red Sea. It was Yom Suf. No, it was the Red Sea. You've heard it. I've said it. You've heard it before too. Right? If it was ankle deep water, 10 inch deep water that they went through on dry ground, that's pretty cool in and of itself. But even better is that God drowned a whole army of Egyptians in 10 inches of water. That's it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When the Egyptians decided to pursue after Israel, God fought for them. Yeah. God fought for them. Took the wheels off their chariots. Probably pushed them down into the Red Sea. Go ahead, guys. Go on. Good time now. I've removed the cloud. Time to go. Right? I knew this pastor. His son was preaching one time, preaching on David and Goliath. And his son brought up the point. Do you ever wonder why Goliath was hit in the head with a rock and fell forward? I mean, if you ever get hit with anything, you hit this way in a moment, you know, and momentum and inertia is bringing you backward. He says, but Goliath fell forward. He goes, you ever wonder why? And this pastor's son said, I'll tell you why, because God slapped him in the back of the head. <laughs> I think God was saying, okay, time to go, fellas. <laughs> time to go. Off they go. Yeah. Impossible. Nah. Not with our God, it's not. Jesus beheld them, Matthew 19, 26. And he said, with, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Would you meditate on those words, please? With God all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Do you believe that? Do you live that? We really shouldn't separate our belief from our living because really when that happens, we're not really believing. We live what we believe. We live what we believe. God delivered the children of Israel. God did it. Listen to me this morning. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what bondage you are in. I don't know what you're looking ahead of you that looks like an ocean in front of you, a Red Sea in front of you that looks impassable. I don't know what enemy is behind you, but listen to me, please. Nothing is impossible with God go forward with what he's told you to do just do it in Galatians Galatians chapter 1 the Bible says this verse 3 grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father it's God's will it's the will. It's the will of our Father. It's the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Remember what Jesus said, Father, in his prayer, John 17, Father, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil that is in the world. Right? Deliverance. God is able. We looked at that last week. He's able. God is able to keep us from this present evil world. He delivers us. He delivers us. Our First deliverance that we need is that deliverance from the from our sin and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the first deliverance. If you're not delivered from there, nothing else matters. But once you're delivered from there, God will you'll see a continued life of deliverance all the way until we're delivered right into glory. Until yeah. we're birthed into eternity. You say, I've, I, I've seen deliverance in my life and I've loved it. It's been a wonderful thing. I've been, I've been, I have had more confidence in the, in the power and the love and the ability of, of my Heavenly Father through every trial that I've been through. I've come out and I've, I've just fallen deeper in love with Him. I've gotten greater trust in Him. I have, I have uh, uh, launched out even by, in more faith and trust in Him. It's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful time. That could be your, that's probably, that may be, I'm sure so many in here, that's your testimony. Can I tell you, as long as you're breathing, there's more coming. You say, oh, come on. <laughs> Aren't we going to arrive? Yeah, we'll arrive in glory. <clears throat> but until, until then, our Father has promised to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the ways He does that, we'll see in all of the wilderness wanderings, we'll see that, is He brings us to a trial to a difficulty, to a place of testing, right? And in those times, in those moments, if you'll go forward with what He's already told you to do, you say, I don't know what to do in this situation. Well, just keep doing what you do know to do. Just do the next thing that you're supposed to do, right? And then just wait on Him. You'll see that deliverance over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You can trust them. Seems like that's a theme we come back to all the time, isn't it? Just trust them. Just trust them. Whatever he's doing, trust them. Our Father, we thank you for deliverance today. We thank you for the things that you bring into our life. We thank you for the trials, the heartaches, the pain, the turmoil, the things... Uh, Lord, that we don't want to be thankful for and in, but we are commanded to. And I'm thankful as we mature in you and as we see your hand work in our life, as we allow you. So many haven't gotten past the first one because they just won't let you. And here they are just still in a, in a life of bondage and fear. But Lord, to those that have gone on and they've trusted you and they've watched you over and over again, I know this pattern happens. The more we trust you, the greater... Uh, convinced we are of your hand in our life, the easier it is for us to be thankful in every situation because we know that you're working all things together for good to them that love God. And so, Father, we trust you this morning. We thank you for what we're doing in your life. <clears throat> Could be somebody's here going through a deep trial of affliction today and it seems like you're a thousand miles away. Would you help them by the Holy Spirit to continue just to move forward with what they know to do and that they would wait on you and trust you and have complete confidence, Lord, that you will deliver. You're going to deliver. And we'll thank you for that. We thank you for how you work. And we pray for the service and the message coming up here, uh, Lord, that you'd bless. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back in just a few minutes here. If you have any questions for...